Yo, what is going on, everybody? 30 up in the chat already. Shout out to everyone, man. We are back. Uh, RB here, Philly Take with RB. Got my guys, DJ Eastwood, Run It Back Philly. Tom Arnone, No Notes, A2D Radio. Guys, sub them up. We are live on two channels, uh, Philly Take with RB and Run It Back Philly. We're here to chop up some Sixers. Um, let's be honest, it's been hard watching this team, even though we're on an eight-game win streak, four games left in the season. We're going to give a little bit of insight into how we are feeling uh, coming down here. And we will be collabing within the next week as well as, you know, when we know our playoff opponent and all that stuff. But these guys keep it real, 100% all the time. No sensitivity involved. Appreciate them being here. Tom, DJ, what's going on, guys? Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this again. Uh, yeah, it's been hard to talk about. I completely skipped over the Detroit game. But uh, me, I've been I've been ever since the COVID restrictions have been lifted. My DJ business is back in full swing and I've been trying to balance the two things and I've been actually sucking at it. So hopefully I can learn how to do both and get back into swing of things. But it's a good time for me to do this at the same time, because these are totally meaningless games against, you know, lower opponents. Yeah, you know, I'll never turn down an opportunity to come on with you two um, and chop it up Sixers. Yeah, it's a weird, weird little time we talked about right before we came on. Like their winners eight in a row. And it's almost like they've gone through the motions because who they played and they haven't had that hiccup game. And, and that's a credit to them and a credit to this coaching staff that like the, the game on Friday night that I was at drove me crazy because I got money on it. Right. And you're up 20 and you give up that lead. But then, but then but then you're able to close it at least. Then you're at least able to close it. And I, and I take I take something out of all of them because I always go to a locker room with a win, even if it's shitty, because I can build off of that. I can get better off of that. So I'm excited to talk about it. Let's go. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you you kind of just capped it off. Like lately, this this whole blowing lead stuff. I'm not gonna say it's been. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna set, put my stock into that and say, okay, this is what's gonna happen in the playoffs. Because I don't I don't think you're gonna see full bench lineups. I I'm praying that we don't see Mike Scott in the playoffs. <laughs> um, it, it's been it's been bad, and you know, blowing a lead to the Pelicans without um Zion and Brandon Ingram, blowing a lead to the Bulls, right? Uh. Last game, we took care, care of business, but it, it's crazy because I feel like you have people on both sides of the spectrum. I want to know from you guys, like, how do you feel about this team right now? Like, do you put any stock into the eight-game winning streak? How do you – do you think we're on the right page, or are you are you a little bit concerned that we keep kind of slipping up in the second half? Tom, you want to go or me? It doesn't matter. I know we're probably going to – we might see differently on it, which is fine. Uh, I don't want to put stock into it, and – I really do think they're like load management, managing during the game. They're literally jogging up and down the floor. Okay, just win the game. Don't go out here and, you know, do anything too crazy. Don't go out here and hurt yourself. Uh, but I just, as as far as the difference between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid for me, you, you can't even say that to Joel Embiid. You can't say, take it easy. He's going to go out there and drop 40 and dive on the floor, and he's just giving it everything he has. And I see Ben over here having eight points in 33 minutes, and he's just running up and down the floor passing the ball. And it's great. Play great defense and pass the ball, but I, I just need more out of you. And then when you go to overtime with the Spurs summer league roster and you have eight points or, or you had three points in the whole game and you get a, a, win, a game-winning tip in to win it, like thank you for tipping the ball in. But if, if, if you scored more than three points in regulation, three points, three points. <laughs> I just I can't get down with that, and and then just swarms of people come at me, and I just I'm like, am I seeing this totally wrong, or am I supposed to celebrate that we tipped the ball in against the Spurs G League roster in overtime? I can't figure it out really, but uh, for the most part, I think 
we're not going to see this Sixers team in the playoffs as far as just a lackluster transition defense and all that kind of stuff that they're just jogging around. I don't. I think they're going to have a lot more intensity when the games matter. So I probably do overreact a lot, but it's also a YouTube channel, and we need some content. <laughs> yeah, listen, overreacting is what we do in Philly. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> yeah. It's in our blood. So I, I, I just try to look at it like he drives me crazy. So I've tried to like just like cancel him out in a way, right? Like his offensive game just drives me insane. And it, and we you know we've had that conversation a million times. Like shooting a basketball is the first thing you learn how to do. And you don't have a bad shot, so just just put it up once in a while. But that's not going to change, you know. So we can keep yelling and screaming about it, and pray to God maybe it does one day. But in terms of this eight game winning streak, you know, again, there's no hiccup game. There's no game where you're like, man, like I would rather blow a lead and get out with a win than the other way around. You know, like Friday night, you lose Friday night's game, then then we got bigger issues because not only you're blowing a lead, you're not closing it out. And DJ's right; they've coasted and still took care of business. And they still know what's on the line. And you're right about Joel. Like, there's no telling Joel not to go 100 miles an hour. And and he's done that. And that's why we're winners eight in a row, too. So, you know what I mean? Like, through all the rest of Tobias up and down through it and, and other different moving parts and guys playing 25, 28 minutes a night that probably will play 35 in the playoffs, you know, I take it as like, man, your winners eight in a row when you were losers of what before that? Five or four? Was it four? Four, yeah. Four, four, where we're like, you can't be losing games this time of the year. Come on. And then to go off on a, an eight-game win streak, I put a lot of stock in that just in learning how to close games and knowing what's right around the corner, and that's playoff basketball. Right. I think it's crazy because, like, I'm, like, right in the middle of both of you. Like, at you know, one part of me, I'm, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, you know, this is great. First off, I, I don't know if you guys have seen what I said, but we need the one seed. I don't want to hear any other answers, all right? We need a home court advantage, and the road to getting to the finals is 10 times better if you're the one seed. There's no doubt about that. I'd rather play a game seven at the Wells Fargo than go to Brooklyn and play a game seven. That's number one. Um, but in addition to that, you know, I, I just think that it's good to get on this kind of momentum because people keep comparing it to years back when we went on that huge win streak at the end of the year, and it's good to have that mentally, right? But at the same time, like, I don't want to get in a bad habit. So I do see the other side. And something that's really pissing me off is the fact that we have to keep overusing our starters. Like, if we get down to the third quarter, if we get to the fourth quarter, I don't want to have to call the starters back in and play more minutes than they need to. I don't need Joel Embiid playing 34 minutes against the Pelicans when he can play 26. I don't need him to get injured. I don't need him to be overused. And I think some fans are kind of just neglecting that. They're saying there there are some fans that just say, okay, a dub is a dub. But at the same time, like, you know, we, we need our guys to be fully rested going into the playoffs. That's why I'm hoping we can clinch and then have about two games where we can just sit everybody um, and take some time uh, to rest. Yeah, real quick, you can't, like, teach. <clears throat> the thing I, I take out of it is, like, all right, yeah, they're, they're giving up leads against teams they should be dominating, right? I get that. But then they have to turn it on. Right and be able to flip the switch is hard to do, and for them to show that they can do it, even though against lesser competition, when it gets tight and then you're in, you know, you're in, you're in close games that you shouldn't be in, and to be able to go close them games out is important because I can, as like a coach, I can build off of that a lot easier and teach what you did wrong in that than in, in losses because in losses in professional sports everything starts going crazy, right? You know what I mean? Like nobody listening, everybody, you know, oh, yeah. getting involved when you're winning, it's easier to teach. It just is, and I and I think they can learn something from 
the, the lackluster moments in games. And you guys are both right because it's not the starters that are doing this. The starters are getting the leads, and then it's the bench coming in and killing us. And I think a guy not having a guy who can shoot the ball a little bit like Fur can't hurt you there too because you're losing that instant offense, even though you know it's hot and cold. We get it. But you're still missing another guy that's better than what you're running out there. George Hill, I don't know who he is. Like, like Georgie, I don't know you. Like, who are you? Like, <laughs> I, I, it's plenty of time to start fitting in. We're talking about ten games now, right? You, you sort of sort of fit in a little bit more than you have. And this bench is scary now, and we always know that it's better than years past. But it's sketchy. But if they can be creative with it in the playoffs, in terms of like having been on the floor with guys or having Joe on the floor with guys or whatever, however they want to figure it out. I think it's going to be fine, but they can't go more than nine. I, I know, I know Doc's at 11, but that's absurd. I mean, get a, get a grip, Doc. Get a grip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really, I, to me, it's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fundamental mishaps with the bench. Like when the all bench lineup is in, you start seeing things like guys not boxing out, like four or five offensive rebounds in a row, just ridiculous things. And, and it's like, I don't know what these dudes, Shake Milton, Mike Scott obviously can't do anything, can't rebound, can't defend, can't dribble a basketball i just can't figure out what his value actually is uh but yeah hopefully we see three of them you know four of them max i want a nine-man rotation <laughs> that's what i want because i don't know there's and that's another discussion you know is tyrese maxi going to play in the playoffs after i guess the last game you know everyone was freaking out but I i'm still sitting here like it's the detroit pistons and yeah it's great that he scored that many points against an nba team but I just don't see it in the playoffs at his age. Yeah, the bench is definitely getting a little bit shaky. Um, to be honest, like I haven't really cared about any of these games for the past two weeks. They kind of like pull me in when we get to the third quarter and we're up by a lot and then we blow a lead and then we got to fight for it. But like, I, I think just the annoying part is like this whole entire season, right? Guys out left and right. It's like we can't get a consistent stretch. And then, you know, all we have to go off right now is – we beat some of the top teams in the league, right? We beat the Lakers. We beat the Jazz um, in, in hardcore fashion. So and we are then inclined to think positive about that, but we still want to see us against some of these healthy teams in the East. Like, I feel like we haven't really played, like, Miami healthy. I feel like we haven't – I mean, we played the Celtics healthy once there, but, you know, just other teams I want to see us go up against and have, you know, the Nets, right? Like, I want to see us full force against these teams – and honestly, we're not going to see it like until the playoffs, which sucks. I think it was only one time we played the Lakers at full strength and we were at full strength and we beat them uh, and they were on a back to back. I'm not making an excuse for them, but we played a great game. And if if that's what the Sixers are and they can beat the healthy Lakers, then we can beat anybody. You know what I mean? But then, yeah, you didn't see them against anybody else. When we play the Bucs, we're without somebody or when we play anybody else. The whole season's been annoying, really. Yeah, it has. And you know what the great thing is, though? We're, we're one in the East and it looks like Unless it's a total tank job here, right? That, that we finished one in the East, and, and right. you know, RB, you were talking about earlier. It's so important; it's extremely important because I don't got to. You know, we talk about the Nets and Milwaukee. I don't got to see it. I don't got to see the Eastern Conference Finals. So, yeah. you know, you know what my stepping stone is. Get there, and and I like the fact that you're going to see somebody you should absolutely beat in the first round, and you're going to see somebody like maybe the Knicks, right, or maybe Miami in the second round. Another team that you should beat. Will be a tough fall battle, sure. Maybe it goes five or six, but it's a series you should win, especially with home court, and they will. And that then sets you up and gets your confidence going when you can now see either Milwaukee or the Nets, and they just probably played seven. So I don't know. I, I think it's extremely important. I know some people out there are like, oh, it doesn't matter. 
two or three. It's all the same. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. At all. yeah I, I have a point I want to respond to that with, but shout out to Burr's Nation with the $5 donation. It says power rankings week 21. Sixers finish at number one as season wraps up. You got to love to see it, man. That's that's what we've been hoping for this entire year. It got a little bleak the last couple weeks, but then, you know, we stepped up. The Nets lost four in a row, um, which is another thing we could talk about, but uh, shout out to Blight coming in with a $5 donation. Says close games bring an in intensity. Even if it's against low end, it's still the NBA. The intensity helps prep for playoffs more than cruising games. Interesting point. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to have that, that those kind of situations in the playoffs, right? Like we're, we're destined to have those kind of games. So, I mean, it, it, it does build character, but I, I just don't like to see it every game. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that is a good point. When you throw the starters back in, you say, hey, you guys got to go win this game. The bench blew it. You know, we need the best out of you right now. In the next four minutes, you got to go win the game. So, yeah, he's not wrong. That 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 might actually be better, you know, to keep you prepped for the playoffs than to just be up by 35 and sit in the whole second half. So, who knows? But Yeah, I like the intensity of having to go back out there and turn the light switch back on. When you're sitting on the bench watching yourself up 22, thinking it's a game over, you know, early shower, you know, yeah. what am I doing tonight type thing. Compared to now, oh, you got to go back in there and close this out. Like, what? What, what happened? Okay. Yeah. And then to be able to go do it, you know, it's the NBA. He's right. I mean, guys get hot that shouldn't get hot. And, you know, you're playing yeah. out the competition. So, in your – take the positive of this, right? Like, when we start games against lesser competition, we're we're beating them up, right? Going into that game knowing there's no Zion or or Ingram and, and, and et cetera, or different games, right? You're going in and beating teams up early on. I think you can take something from that, too. Yeah, no doubt. I absolutely agree. Uh, shout out to everybody in the two chats right now. We got 180 up in here, man. Hit the like on the streams. Hit the subscribe. Philly Take with RB, Running Back Philly, and A2D Radio. Shout out to my guys in here. I want to get back to what Tom said because I absolutely agree, and I have a problem. There are people out here saying, for some odd reason, that the Sixers have no chance, right? And I think they're basing that a lot off of history. Now, number one, this is a unique season in itself. Like there's never been a season like this. There's really hasn't been a lot of chemistry with a lot of teams. And I think that's a factor mm. for the Sixers because we have had our core together. You know what I mean? It's not like they played seven games together. It's not like we obviously we had a virus scare, but, you know, we, we got back under our feet. And when you talk about the competition, right? Going through, like you said, the Charlotte Hornets and the Knicks, and being fully rested maybe on three, four days rest, and then you have a team like, say, the Nets, who are still trying to get that chemistry together, they have to go, say they play Miami in the first round. That's not going to be an easy series. Then you got to grind out a series, maybe six, seven games against Milwaukee and Giannis, and then you're telling me they're going to be fully ready to come to Philly and face the beast. And, and that's another thing. When you have the most dominant – I'm sorry, I might be biased, but I'm just speaking how I see it. When you have the most dominant player – in the NBA this season, you have a shot. You always have a shot. And you're telling me on full rest, you're going to be ready for that guy coming into our building where we are dominant. And that, they, 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 they should be scared too because if Joel Embiid's putting up 37 in a game that he literally doesn't care about, he's probably eating a Popeye's chicken sandwich at halftime. He doesn't give a damn at all. And he's out there scoring 37. A game that he cares about against the Nets – we saw him play against DeAndre Jordan. He knocked him into the third row under the basket. These dudes, he's going to drop 50 a game when he really tries. I, I seriously think so. They have no shot at stopping Joel Embiid. No, and remember last year, before pre-COVID last year, right, he, he, he came in and 
he coasted early on, right? And it was almost like he was waiting for the postseason to get that bad seven bouncer out of his out of his mouth, that taste out of his right. mouth. And it, like he coasted, and he got a lot of heat for it. And I was like, let's just, just wait, just wait, don't crush him yet. Let's see if he shows up in the postseason because they're going to go to the postseason. So let's see if he shows up and, and and is that guy. And everything happened, and injuries happened, and we didn't get to see how that ended up panning out. And it was the bubble. But this year he came in like even even hungrier. Right, I mean, I think he came even hungry, and he did say about it, about his son, and I'll, I'll take stock in that for sure. Right, you want to do great, you want to do great for your kid, right? But I think it even it's even deeper than that, right? It's 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 him getting knocked out, and it's still sitting there, and him getting hurt last year, not being able to get that taste out of his mouth. This is a man on a freaking mission, and you're not biased. Nobody's biased by saying he's the most dominant player in the league because he is. And I'll continue to say, Sam Hankey, rest in peace. All right, big men win championships, and let's go. Because, uh, listen, DJ, I, I, he might score 55 a night. I don't even know who's, who's slowing him down. There's games where he had hit the other night. He had 17 in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? If this guy scored almost 20 a quarter, like the, the whole third, and I, and I even said, like, I, the game where Ben fit, had 10 in the first half and didn't score the rest of the game, and I said I didn't even care because I watched the whole third quarter, and it was literally give Joel and beat the ball every single play. And he had 17 in the third quarter by himself. So it's like, if he's doing that in these games, I don't know who's going to stop him when he really tries. I don't. In which game yeah. did Ben score 10 in the first quarter and not score the rest of them? I feel like that's like so many. Yeah, but I think it was the Pelicans game. He had 10 in the first half and didn't score the rest of the game. It was or it was either that or the Rockets one. Yeah, well, they're, they're all. They're all. But, um, in addition to what DJ was saying, like, and, and what's even crazier is, like, this guy, like, I, I'm amazed every night because he's a seven-foot giant hitting step back. So literally cross over, step back, and knock down a three. I'm like, that's not mm. even real. That's not real. How do you stop that? Um, he's the most dominant player. There's literally no question about it. And uh, adding on to what Tom said, I, I really feel Joel took it to heart when he did not get uh, chosen for the All-NBA team. And I have a feeling he's not going to get – the MVP award, depending on um, the amount of games. I'm not sure, but if he doesn't get that MVP award, I'm telling you, he's going to come on a different level of hunger. Like, you can just see it. He wants it every night. Doc's system has, like, it's been built around Joel. Like, he wants he wants it every possession. If he doesn't have the ball, he wants the ball. And um, I just don't know how they're going to stop him. They might have to put three men on him, to be honest. And then it comes on the 2-5, right? And then well, – and then the I'm going Tobias number two. I'm going. It falls on Tobias and then Ben. And even if Ben's the not even the third option, it's it's just okay. in, in Philly, for some reason, he can be the fourth. Yeah, no doubt. And and that's where our conversation is about to go. Let me hit some super chat. Shout out to Miguel <laughs> Edwards coming with a two dollar donation. Thank you for the support, man. Uh, shout out to Samaj two one five coming with a two dollar super sticker. Thank you so much. And then we got Carlos Rosado coming with a $5 donation. Thank you so much. Says, sup, fellas. How much can our scoring droughts hurt us in the playoffs? Because every game we go four or five scoreless minutes. It happens every game. That's my one problem. What do you guys think about that? I think recently, I think I think you're talking about the bench. I really think you're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Shake Milton and Mike Scott. I just can't really put too much stock into it. I don't think it's going to happen in the playoffs. Yeah, I, same. And I think defense – can if you're playing great defense, it can turn into easy buckets and transition, etc. So I, I think that can go away a little bit in the playoffs when you're just more locked in. 
You know what I mean? It, it, it can. I mean, but they listen, this is stuff they've done for a while. But I think like if you if you look around the NBA and watch every game, it's something that goes on all around the league. You know what I mean? And we put a microscope on it here, but like it's not happening. I don't think it's happening every game where we're going through four or five minutes scoring droughts. And like DJ said, if it is, it's because all right, the Shake Milton's of the world are in. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, good point, Carlos. I, I think I would rephrase it and say, like, I'm worried about the bench. Like DJ said, like, I really am, like, starting to wonder what the bench is going to look like. I know Doc's talking about 11 men. I don't think that's happening. Um, right now, George Hill and Dwight Howard are my constants. Matisse Thibel has to be in for defense. I, I don't know what be. else. I don't. I don't know where else we go. I, I have a feeling Furkan's going to come in and Doc's going to experiment with that. I'm almost at the point where I'm saying Shake Milton can't be in a rotation anymore. That's that's almost where I'm saying because he looks lost. Well, um, what are they running George at? They feel like they're running George more at the two than I see him with the ball in his hands. I, I think he's going to be the point, and I think what I think is going to happen is that Tobias and Ben, like you're always going to have to have one of them on the floor. Like – I don't think you obviously you can't go all bench lineup, but you know whether it's Ben Simmons and and he has to run off the ball with George, or whether Tobias is going to share some of them duties. Like we we're going to have to slim it down. And and Shake Milne has been very disappointing to me, but that's just how I'm seeing. Yeah. I always say the Sixers ha- have such unique talents; they have to be put in situations like the Nets. You can talk about their three stars and how they can just come in and drop forty. That's different to me. Those guys are going to get buckets no matter what. But a Ben Simmons and a Tobias Harris. Ben on the floor needs shooters around him. Tobias Harris on the floor needs those screens going downhill, the the strategic mismatches. He get a smaller player on him. He hits that fadeaway jumper in the paint all day, every day. So it's like if you can get those situations for those two guys and have them in the lineup constantly and never have all three of them off the floor, then that's better than what the bench has been looking like. As far as what Shake Milton looks like, I don't even know what to say anymore because I used to think he was an automatic bucket, and now he just looked, ah, he's looked bad lately. Yeah, he, turnover machine, not good enough. Can't run the point when you're turning the basketball over, especially in postseason basketball. But the, the thing that I'll, I'll counter that Ben Tobias being on the floor, essentially one of them at all times, my big man's got to play 36, 38 minutes a night. I mean, that, this is as simple as that. You're not getting back to backs uh, in, during playoff time. So, you know, you're going to have a night off, and then you get, what, two, two, two on a travel, right? Yeah. Right. So I think that's how it goes. There's no back-to-back in the first round, right? No. I didn't think so. So there's none of that. So you can play 38 minutes a night. I mean, you yeah, almost can't come off the court. Yeah. And the thing of it, now that I'm thinking about what I said, like Ben also can't play with Dwight. That is not happening um, in the playoffs because you're, you're going to need shooting on the court. And that's why I'm almost scared down deep down. Now, I don't think after last week seeing how he's played Mike Scott, I don't think he's going to see the playoffs. But I've had a fear for this season that Mike Scott is going to end up in a playoff game, um, and I just don't want to see it. I, I I don't know what his obsession is, but um, shout out to Aaron coming in. Wait, go ahead. I was just this kind of had to do with Tyrese Maxey with Aaron. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Maxey needs minutes come playoff time. I was going to say uh, two games ago, I think. It was all those all the uh, Philadelphia sports reporters were like, "Why would you play Tyrese uh, Mike Scott over Tyrese Maxey?" And I couldn't figure it out either. And I was just gonna say, I don't think he. I, I think he goes into these deep bench lineups in a game that's a blowout, and then he's just playing Mike Scott just because. But I see Tyrese Maxey finish a game with two minutes in the whole game, and I'm like, if we were up by 25, why is he not running the show at the end? This is a guy that you know can score, especially 
on these rosters that we're playing currently. And then against the Pistons, he plays like 25 minutes and drops 22 points. So I don't know. I, thing, I The big thing is three balls gotten better. So like mm-hmm. he's actually been able to shoot the three way better than he did earlier on the year. He's a hard worker and I expect him to get better. Not that quickly. Um, but again, I mean, listen, dude, you, if you can shoot the three a little bit with his speed, he, he's got to be get minutes over Shake Milton. I mean, it's not even up for it's, it's not even a debate. Like the that guy can get to the rim at will, and during during playoff time, that's important to us to have that explosiveness at that as that like I don't say six man, but somebody come off your bench and give you instant offense. Yeah, and the, and the thing about that I liked um, the thing that makes me like Tyrese more than Shake is Tyrese is a smarter player. Like he's not going to force shots. Like sometimes Shake Milton goes up off one foot as he's contested, and I'm like, what are you doing, Shake? Or he'll throw it. He'll he'll do. He'll pull a, a Benjamin and he'll drive to the basket and turn and try to throw it or hand it off, and it, it's just taken from him. And and he just he gets in these zones where he doesn't look confident. Like he looks. Zero confidence, and he looks like he just completely lost it that night, and that can't happen. Yeah, I think I've seen more of Tyrese Maxey being able to read the floor like before it happens, and Shake has more of this like blinders on where he's deciding like I'm either going and shooting the ball or I'm going to do something else with it. I think Maxey has gotten better as the season went on with reacting to what the defense gives him on the fly and stuff like that, and that's what being an NBA point guard is, and that's not easy by any means. For a kid that young to be able to learn something like that so i've seen it in the past couple of games with him you know taking a dribble reading the defense kicking it out or whatever and i'm not seeing that from shake much at all no and he's not athletic enough to like <clears throat> to get away with some of the things he tries to get away with yeah he have good enough handles to do it either um he used to be real creative in the lane it just seems like i don't know it seems like something's just off yeah i agree <laughs> Shout out to everybody in here, man. We got 250 up in here, guys. Hit the like, hit the subscribe on your way in. Uh, Philly Take with RB, Run It Back Philly, and A2D Radio. We're all going to be covering the Sixers throughout the playoffs. Come here for the real content. I see people asking about Furcon as well. I'd love to get these guys' opinions on Furcon. Uh, my personal opinion, yeah, Furcon can get his run. Now, if he, like I said, Furcon is one of the most inconsistent players. He's either going to go 6 for 7 or 0 for 8. And if he starts off 0 for 3 in a playoff game, like you just got to pull him, in my opinion. Like he can't stay in there. And please, Doc, do not let this man run the point. Please. Seen too much of it. I think all all like three point shooters are like that. You know what I mean? I mean, I've I've been a three point shooter my whole life. Obviously, not on that level, but I have had games where I just want to go home because nothing will go in the damn hoop. You know what I mean? And then I'll have games where if somebody just saw me for the first time, they'll be like, this is the best three point shooter I've ever seen just hot and cold, you know, and I think a lot of three-point shooters are like that, and uh, Furcon's like that, uh, Seth is like that, Danny's like that, but Danny at least gives you that dog on defense, even if he's going 0 for 8, he's playing great defense, so I think Seth really is kind of the same in that regard as, as Furcon, where if he's in, incons- if he's off, he's not giving you much. Yeah, I agree. It, it's just the way of life of a three-point shooter, so it's, if he's hot, you run, <clears throat> you know, I'm sorry, you run with him for a second, if he's if he's not, then you got to pull the plug on him because he doesn't give you that defense other guys can give you. Um, so it's 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 one of them tough situations, but it's better than what's being ran out there, you know, at the three right now. Yeah, I agree. And we're we're gonna think, need that shooting, man. We're gonna need it. Yeah, Doc's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna be in the playoff rotation just for the shooting alone. I think he's gonna be there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I want to ask you guys, we'll transition to obviously our other two stars who we definitely need to talk about, but I want to start with Tobias. 
Because I feel that, you know, at, at this point, it's just let's take it for granted. Tobias is going to give us 20, 22 a night. Now, I, I would like to believe that based off what we've seen this year. Like, he's been very consistent. He's earned his money, in, in my opinion. He's done his role to the best extent. However, I have seen some games where Tobias gets mashed up on tough defenders, tough perimeter defenders, like we're going to see in the playoffs. And, I mean, we know what happened last year, right? He went going up against those wings on Boston. Uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. So how confident are you guys in Tobias stepping up? And let's be honest, we need him to be the number two option every night. If he takes, if he has a night where we've seen a little bit in the last couple of weeks, right? He starts off one for seven, like we, we might get in a big hole. Yeah, Tobias wires me a little bit. I mean, he's a consistent regular season guy, but who's he going to be in the playoffs? And I just right. got to hope that something gets him going every game. Because like DJ said earlier, like he's got to be downhill. He's got to have mismatches and, and, and all that. And you don't always get that in the playoffs. So, you know, the big thing is, can you, can you, hit, can you hit your open threes? Right? Can you rebound? Can you play great defense? And can you, can you be that second guy? I don't know. I don't know. That's like an that's like a big unknown going into this playoffs. Like he he's on a prove it thing in a way too. Like prove yeah. your prove your you're the guy who who can handle that role. Right. It's, it's the, all eyes are going to be on him. I look at I look back to that Knicks game where we went to overtime and Tobias hit the game winner and he's telling the crowd I'm the all star and he was mad that he wasn't an all star and Julius Randle was and it was just that like killer instinct and. When he when the play breaks down and he's on the perimeter and it's Tobias Harris has to make something happen with the ball, it all has to do with how good the defender is. It really does. If he's quicker than him or more athletic, he's good. If it's somebody that's more athletic and quicker, he kind of takes two dribbles, can't go anywhere, and does like a panic pass the ball with a second left. And that takes me back to that Brett Brown offense where that was the entire 24 seconds, just guys standing on the perimeter trying to ISO. And you don't have James Harden and Kyrie Irving. This isn't an ISO team. I don't even want to think about that. But – uh, I, yeah, uh, Tobias needs certain situations, needs to be coming around screens and all that stuff. And if Doc Rivers can keep him doing that, that's good. But when, when the play breaks down and we need an ISO kind of player, I, st I still don't see one outside of Joel Embiid on the block. I still don't see a guy you give the ball to who's going to left, right, step back, make something happen against his defender. I, I don't know. Seth a little bit. I mean, in the starting lineup I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I was just laughing because, like, yeah, our ISO players are center, our seven foot, 280 pound center. It's just <laughs> funny to me. But, um, yeah, I, and going forward, like, I think that this is, this is why I personally preach. I don't know about you guys, but this is why I preach that Ben's got to stay aggressive. Like, whether he's creating the open looks or he's get, we know he can get to the basket whenever he wants. He's got to finish a little bit better. But if he, I feel like when Ben is more aggressive, others are better around him, and especially Tobias, right? Because let's be honest, we've seen Ben taken out of playoff series before, and what happened? The the pressure, the focus went to the other players, and they just couldn't get it done, especially with who they had around them. So um, it's going to take a team effort, man. And with the shooters as well, like you just said, like I feel like if we get four good Danny and Seth games in a series, then yeah, we win the series, but what happens if they're not hitting the shots, you know? That's yeah, ben has a, he, go ahead, Tom. No, I was just going to say yes, average 15. That's all. 
That's what scares me. But is he just taking these games off where he's finishing with eight points? Or is it, you know, they he, they lost one of the Memphis Grizzlies earlier in the season when he scored five. And that was right before he got traded. And then I thought maybe his agent told him, like, hey, you're about to be traded. You know, take it easy. Uh, and then he didn't get traded. And then it was like, what the hell was he doing in this game? He wasn't trying to play the game at all. And so I, I just don't know with him. I don't know what you're going to get. But there is, a, like, there's a situation where He's trying to pass the ball to Joel Embiid, and, and his defender's already guarding Joel Embiid. You can't. That can't even happen. We can't play offense like that, right? And then there's another play where his defender's already guarding Embiid, and he says, okay, fine, and he drives to the rim and gets fouled. Like, that's what we need you to do. We need you to decide, like, I need to take the ball now and make something happen. I can't have you standing around for three quarters doing absolutely nothing. I, I just can't. No, yeah. it's the biggest feel for the room guy in the country. Like, feel the room, dude. Mm -hmm. the room. <laughs> There's nights you don't have to do anything, right? You play great defense. Joe goes off for 40. Tobias got 25. You don't got to do nothing, right? Yeah. And then there's other nights where you got to say, all right, I got to I gotta be downhill. I got to be aggressive, and I got to use my 6'11", my 6'11 frame and, and height to my advantage and get to the rim, create contact, go to the line, slow a game down even more in the playoffs, which suits the Sixers even better knowing their half-court defense. So it, it's – it's really common sense, and we'll see. Like people told me, it's been the biggest, like you know, slow play in the history of sports this year. Like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna shoot in the playoffs. Okay, <laughs> okay, I would love to drink that. I will give me a sip. Pass me a sip of that because I would love it. And I'm I'm a big Kool Aid drinker, and I'm not gonna ever drink that Kool Aid until he does it. Just do it, dude. You don't have a, like a Markel Fultz hitch. Just be aggressive, right? Yeah. Not all the time. Sometimes you don't have to be. Because other guys around you are having big nights. And you can sort of take your foot off the gas. And there's other nights that you have to be a star. And star doesn't yeah. mean scoring 30 a night. Star might mean you got to give me 20, 10, and 10. <laughs> the game, there was a game in these eight, nine games where we've been playing nobody. There was a game where he started aggressive, went 0 for 4 from the free throw line, and literally didn't attack the basket for the rest of the game. So that's a huge thing, too. Like, I, I just don't understand how this guy... His jump shot form doesn't look that bad. How is he still this bad at shooting free throws? And I don't care if you're 0 for 4. Go to the line again. Go 0 for 10. I don't care. You can't tell yourself, I got to stop doing this because I can't shoot free throws. No, we need you to do that because you're still drawing the defense in. You're still getting other guys open by going to the rim. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little bit worried. Like when I think about late game situations, right? Situational basketball. You know, I'm thinking a minute 20 to go in a playoff game, a game four tie game, or we need a bucket. We're down two. like it. Am I going to keep Bennett in, in the game here for this possession? Maybe I call a timeout after bring him back on defense, but like I, I can't have a four on five on the floor. You know what I mean? Like if you're like, I'm, I'm not going to keep stressing it, but like, like we said, it looks good. It's there. I don't think it's going to happen, which sucks because it could take this offense to a different level. Um, but late game situations, like I'm almost tempted to put George Hill in. Like this man can at least run the pick and roll, right? Like I don't it know. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the first time. So so uh, Brett Brown had the luxury of Jimmy Butler for that one year, and who was running the who was running the show in late in the fourth quarter it was Jimmy Butler. And mm -hmm. then the next year, uh, he actually what what were we in the bubble and he started Shake Milton at point guard. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's not the first time that somebody said, "Hey, I can't have this guy with the ball in his hands in crunch time." You know exactly who's going to have it. It's going to be the bias out there, and they're going to run pick and roll mm -hmm. with the bias, and then hopefully, mm -hmm. whatever. But then, you know, with with that time left, 
you know, again, get it, get it down low, let the double come and or not come right. And then he's got to be great in the post. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's the, the entire playoffs are going to come down to like, excuse me for that. Fuck Ben Simmons. This entire playoffs are going to come down to strictly, strictly Joel Embiid in the post and how he handles the double teams. And then we know what he's going to do one-on-one with guys. That's, that's layup talk. All right. But how does he handle the double teams? And then how do the shooters around him shoot when he does get doubled to be able to say, okay, we got to make a decision. Like that's what it's going to come down to in, in every series. Because remember you're playing the same team again. You're not playing a team and then leaving and not seeing them for a while. They're going to make adjustments to what you did that night. And that, and that goes for both squads. So who can hit shots around them, and can he not turn the basketball over when a double comes and, and be and be quick to react to him? And if he can do that, man, let's have some yeah. fun. Yeah, um, like you said, that's a good point too. Like they're, it's not like you're leaving the building. Like I have a feeling at one point, maybe even in game one, like they're just going to start throwing doubles as soon as Joel touches the ball, and they're going to say, "All right, Ben and Tobias, come beat us, come beat us." Um, let's get to some of these super chats. Shout out to Carlos with a five dollar donation. We appreciate it. Says thanks for the input. I was talking about the bench. I love our chances. Just need them to clean up the turnovers at the wrong times. Would you agree? I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. Can't have these late game turnovers, right? These just boneheaded plays off of timeouts can't happen. Uh, no doubt about it. We got two is coming in with a five dollar donation. Thank you so much. Says, hey guys, question: How would you rank these priorities for a deep playoff run? Fully healthy Embiid, consistent Tobias, and aggressive Ben. One of you guys could take it first while I think about it. Rank these priorities for a deep Sixers playoff run: fully healthy Embiid, consistent Toby, aggressive Ben. I mean, it's fully healthy Embiid for me. Like Tom just said, like all of the other stuff can can walk can go by the wayside if Embiid's drawing double and triple teams. Because also, unlike last year in the bubble when we were relying on who to shoot threes, Al Horford and Josh Richardson, you know what I mean? Like, we got guys that at least, for the most part, for the majority, well, not majority, 40% of the time, 45% of the time, are knocking down threes. So Seth and Danny on the outside, and then you bring Ferky back into the equation. When you got shooters out there, and they're voluntarily leaving them wide open. I'm talking eight feet of space because they're bringing everybody at Joel Embiid. Yeah, it's a healthy Embiid. Not only can nobody stop him, the thing they have to do to stop him leaves other players completely wide open. Yeah, I think healthy Embiid, consistent Toby, right in that order, aggressive Ben. I mean, that's why I said F Ben a few minutes ago because I know what he's going to bring, and that's, he's going to play great defense. So I'm not even going to get myself upset about him being uh, aggressive offensively. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beg for them other two things to happen. Because if I can get 22 a night from Toby and a healthy Embiid, which knows I'm walking into 30, I'm feeling really good. Really good. Yeah, I agree. And another thing I would add in there is consistent shooting out of Danny and Seth. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, if, again, if they get the open looks and, and they're knocking down, we're a tough team. We're a tough offense to try to stop. Um, and shout out to Jersey coming in with a $5 donation. Says Joe and Toby are going to be fine in the playoffs. Ben is the X factor. 100% agree. Need to need to shoot 70% from the line and be aggressive all game. Our team defense is top five. Yeah, um, that's another thing. We've been struggling a little bit from the line. Um, that's another thing with Ben. Like, there was like a stretch this year. He he got much better. He improved. And, and now it's gotten back to what it was of old. So I don't want to see a late game situation where Ben's going to the line, having to hit two out of two, you know. But um, Joel's going to get there 15 times a game. 
Yeah, Doc Rivers is not an idiot. And I think he, in his press conferences, he says things strategically because he doesn't want to uh, just kill a player's confidence or he doesn't even want to comment on a player or anything like that. He's like, I'll let you guys talk about that. I'll let you guys talk about that. But then you see what he actually does throughout the game and where he takes Ben off the ball and he's got Ben running as the screen man with George Hill or something like that. Like, obviously, he's like not playing him at point guard when everyone, uh, half of Philly fans still think he is a point guard for some reason, but I'm just saying I think Doc knows what I feel like I know. He just doesn't say it in a press conference because why should he? And he doesn't care to say it. And what else was I was going to say something else? Ben is the X factor. Needs to shoot seventy percent from the line. Our team defense is top. Oh, yeah, Ben and uh Ben and Matisse on the floor together on defense is going to be huge in the playoffs too because I just think those two together defensively give everybody trouble. Yeah, um, I hope Matisse can stay in the game as well. Like he's he's been hitting a few threes here and there, but he's going to have to to keep knocking them down. You know what I mean? Like you just can't have a guy in and, and have zero points and let him play twenty minutes, in my opinion. But his defense has been absurd, like literally absurd. I've never seen anything like it from a young defender. Um, shout out to my guy Philly Philly the podcast and uh, coming with a two dollar donation. What's going on, my guy? Appreciate you being in here. He's a Brooklyn Nets fan. Um, they're going down, bro. They're going down. We'll see you guys in the Easter conference finals. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to everybody in the chat, 285 in here, guys hit the like, subscribe, sub to all three channels. You can see it down below. Um, these guys are the best, man. I got to ask them though, like what team I I'll ask them this, what team do you guys prefer to play in the first round? I know this like whole playing tournament's pretty weird. Um, what team do you prefer to play and what team are you kind of, little bit looking at you know taking a double take like I, I don't want to run into that team they're getting they're they're they could be a tough matchup I think I fear the most I still fear the Knicks the mo most out of anybody just because it's the Knicks so everybody thinks it's just the Knicks and it's really just not just the Knicks anymore Tom Thibodeau and the defense that I saw especially when they took us to overtime and that was without Joel Embiid by the way so the Sixers did pull it off even without Embiid um that Tobias Harris hit the game winner and Ben played great defense and all that stuff, but I just think that that team defensively and Julius Randle trying to prove to everybody that he can be a top-level NBA scorer, I'm the most fearful of, of the New York Knicks. And uh, then I'd say probably the Wizards after that because Russell Westbrook's been on a tear lately, doing absolutely everything and getting the Wizards out of the basement somehow, and now they're in playoff contention, right? And I don't know. I didn't look at the uh, play-in tournament and even how that works or who would be in there, so uh, I guess you guys can inform me on that because I didn't. Even, I don't even think about that uh, play-in tournament thing. It's so stupid. Like, so this is how it works, right? The seven seed plays the eight, or yeah, the seven seed plays the eight seed. Whoever wins that game turns into the seven seed, so they are the seven seed. Then the nine seed plays the ten seed. Whoever loses that game is out, like automatically. And then whoever wins that game plays the loser from the other game for the eight seed. So realistically, if the seven seed were to lose two games, they're not even in the playoffs anymore. And if the 10 <laughs> seed were weird. to win two games, they're the eight seed. So it's, it's, and it's a one game go, you know, all or nothing type of game. So it's, it's kind of weird. I, I could see the Celtics, I could see the Celtics losing two and being out of the playoffs, honestly. I would yeah, think a play-in would just be the eight. I would think a play-in would just be the eight versus nine, maybe. Like, That's how it was last year, and I agree with you. And now they just added, and they just made it so much worse, in my opinion. 
I don't know. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy's going to say something. No, just the seventh seed should be in the playoffs. Like that shouldn't even right. be a conversation. Like, <laughs> like the eight, fine. You want to dabble with eight, nine, ten, and be cute with it, and, and make more money. Go ahead. I mean, be my guest. I, I don't, I don't care. And just like I don't care about playing any one of them teams. I don't mm-hmm. care. I, I should, I should go no more than five with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, even Washington, they play playing great basketball. I'll take nothing away from. I still don't think they can cover a parked car. So, as Bradley Beal said earlier in the year, so I think we should we <laughs> should be able to beat them up. But again, I mean, they're playing good basketball, and there's a lot of teams down there that are playing better basketball. But man, you know, I'm not going to overlook anybody. But that should be we should we should whoop we should whoop that ass, and it should come down to whoever we really play in the second round who would be scared of, which would probably be the Knicks, right, or Miami. Like they're teams that that I'm more fearful of than like the Hornets. Like if we if we're even scared of the Hornets, we should just we should quit. We should quit. We're, we stink. Yeah, I think the first <laughs> round we probably end up playing the Hornets or the Wizards. Like if they find a way in. Um, and kind of going off what DJ said, like a lot of people have been high on Westbrook. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but at the end of the day, like we see where the Wizards are at, right? They have Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And I know the team kind of sucks around them, but they did pay a lot of money to Davis Bertans, who absolutely stinks. They got these other guys. They got Howell Neto as the backup point guard. Like, I'm just not – I am I think I'm outside. Like, I'm, I'm going to give Westbrook his praise, but I am not scared whatsoever. I'm more scared of Bradley Beal putting up 60 in a playoff game uh, other than Westbrook. Like – to me, Westbrook, it, it hasn't translated to wins, like especially now because of the lack of a jump shot. Um, that, that's just how I feel about it. But to, to me, Westbrook has a lot of Kyrie in him. Like he wants to be that guy in the fourth quarter that's shooting the ball. And if Bradley Beal hits, if Bradley Beal scores eight in a row and they're up and they're down one, Westbrook's the one shooting the next shot to try to win the game and he's bricking it and they're losing. And to me, him and Kyrie Irving's the same way. If Kevin Durant scores 12 in a row, and they're down one with two seconds left. Kyrie's like, give me the ball. This is my shot. And then he he puts up a bad shot, and they lose. Those two guys, to me, can't handle being the number two. They can't handle handing over the game-winning shot. And, I mean, Kyrie's hit big ones in, when he played with LeBron, but, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I'm Another thing is, like, I, I, I guess you guys saw this, but Jalen Brown is out for the season now. He uh, – tore a ligament in his wrist. So I could honestly see Boston losing two games and being out. Like, I really could. Um, But other than that, like, look, shout out to uh, Billy coming in with a $5 donation, says he agrees with DJ. The Knicks are going to pose problems for the Sixers. What do you think, Tom? What do you think about the Knicks? Like, do you how how many games do you guys think that series would go? I'm kind of scared of the Knicks, but when I look at it, like, overall, I don't think they're going to take a series from us. Now five to where it should go. Um, based off of this year. I think we swept I think we swept them, won all four games versus them. Um, they played us tough in all them games. So I won't take anything away from them. I mean, they're up and coming. Um, I'm a big Julius Randall fan, have been for a while. So I mean I, I like I like the Knicks. I do I do. I like Tibbs. Um, I'm just not scared of them. Maybe six shouldn't go further than six, or we're not who we think we are. And that's how I'm basing it off of like not their talent, more so what I think we are. And that shouldn't go more than it shouldn't go more than six. I could see it going six, but I would like to be a five piece with them in and out because I think we're that much better than them. They're very good, but we're that much better. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there's and we gotta remember we gotta remember these 
these teams don't play Joel and beat every night. You know what I mean? So they mm -hmm. can dominate all these teams, the Knicks, the Wizards. Uh, they can make all these runs. And Nerlens Noel is getting a lot of praise right now because he's blocking a lot of shots and he was counted out by multiple teams and all this kind of stuff. But when it comes to on the block, guarding the best center I've ever watched in my life, I mean, I'll watch Shaq. Okay, I'll put him, uh, him and Shaq, seriously. When it comes to guarding him, Nerlens Noel will be sitting in the first row eating popcorn. He can't even stand on the block with him. He's made out of sticks. You know what I mean? So uh, I just think a lot of these teams look great until they play Joel Embiid. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I saw a question in the chat, but this is actually a good question too. Like at this point, would you guys rather match up against the Bucks or the Nets if it came down to a third round matchup? Wow, man. Because honestly, like I, you know, yeah, we know that talent usually gets the 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 edge in the playoffs, right? But. I'm still not going to take away the fact that they've only the core for Brooklyn's only played seven games together. Like I, I do think that has some validity to it. Um, now I think they're going to find their groove. Now it might be gritty, it might be hard, and nobody on that team can stop Joel. But I don't know. I feel like if the Bucks get hot on a certain night, if they're knocking down their shots, they they have a good chance of winning. In terms of Brooklyn, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like James Harden to me, it might be the main factor of that team because. KD's going to get his. Kyrie Irving, I've seen – there was a game the other night. He had like 46 points, and they still lost. Like, I, I don't know. And, and who is – who were the role players of Brooklyn, right? Like, obviously you got Joe Harris and stuff, but like TLC, I don't think he finds his way into a playoff game. Claxton, DeAndre Jordan, like, come on, man. That's baby food for Joel. Baby food. Yeah, I think I'd rather see the Nets. I can't believe I'm saying it too. I mean, I, I look at I look at Milwaukee and they just pose more problems. The reason I think we're so special is our length. And I and I think that's why we give so many teams problems. Well well, they're like a spitting image with with their length, right? And, and they pose problems. I mean, Lopez has always been a good defender and mm -hmm. and he's there and Giannis is there, and that's a lot of size. And that's what it contradicts our size a little bit. So preferably I would rather see – I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, <laughs> uh, give me the Nets. Give me the Nets every freaking day. I've been yelling and screaming about this. I'm not scared of them. Milwaukee's that sleeper, and I've been yelling about this too, is nobody wants to talk about them. We keep talking about the Nets. Somebody needs to talk about Milwaukee because they're right here. They're, they're knocking on the door and saying, hello, hello, we figured it out together. Drew's new. We figured it out. Here we are. And they got a real coach and not a guy not – a, not a soccer club guy. All right, Steve Nash. I mean, go back to cover, go back to soccer, Steve, in retirement. Because I, you know, just knock it off with being an NBA coach. He's, there's no <laughs> way he's winning the title year one, right? In a weird year with all of them egos. There's no way. I'll stop watching sports. Well, yeah. they're all the coach. Kyrie said they're all the coach. Yeah, they don't even think they have a coach. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Steve Nash are all the coach. And that's gonna work in the NBA. That's gonna work. No, but I take the Nets 10 times out of 10 because there's several defenders, like Tom just said, on the Bucks, and uh, Drew Holiday also, who who's a ridiculous defender on the perimeter. And if Ben's being aggressive, I don't see anybody on the Nets that can stop him from going to the rim. They can't stop Joel Embiid from scoring at will. And the teams that scare me are the teams that I've seen already that can wall off Ben Simmons and make him check himself out of a game or resort to just not being effective. And, and teams like 
uh, the Raptors won't be there, but teams like the Raptors that can double, triple team Joel and then rotate so fast on the perimeter. I don't see anything defensively from the Brooklyn Nets at all, so I don't care. And James Harden's not going to help their defense either. He can pass the ball to Kyrie and Durant, and if he's taking shots away from those two, they'll score less points, he'll score more points, but who really cares anyway? Because <laughs> it's the same thing. They can't stop anybody. I've seen so many games with them where it's a close game and the other team gets a wide-open layup on the other end. It shouldn't happen. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I still don't know, and I don't think I'll have an answer because, like, there the formula has been presented on how to beat the Bucks. Like, you have to wall off Giannis, and you have to, you know, close out on their shooters. But they have looked pretty hungry lately. Every time they play us, they look hungry. And you know, we, you know, a lot of people want to say the Bucks are a regular season contender, which they have been. But you know, getting beat down a couple times in the same kind of circumstance like that that does build you up a little bit so you know they're not i don't think they're going to come out and do the same exact thing this year in the playoffs like they're going to have to make adjustments yeah i look at them as the same as us like they've they've underachieved uh for their expectations especially being the one seed two years in a row um and they're they're hungry and they're a better basketball team. I mean, Drew Holiday makes them a, a, a way better basketball team. And I'm not here to crown Drew as, like, the best point guard of all time or anything. But he's a great defender, and he's an unselfish point guard who can score, which is always an advantage. And I look at Middleton, and I look at the rest of their lineup and their bench and a team that's been through the gauntlet together, right, for the most part, just like we have. Like, they, you know, their guys and our guys have been through this little fight and coming up short. So I think it would be a fun series on – you know, who's taking the next step? Yeah, I agree. That, I don't want to watch that. And I'm always. The, the, I was just going to say the other reason is because I want to sit Giannis down on our court and, hold, you know, hand him his <laughs> L. You know what I mean? Like, he wants to sit on our court, no Joel. He wants to act tough. It would be fun. It would be great. <laughs> I'm always so torn when I see Giannis get walled off and it's like, okay, he's going to shoot it. And he... He's like Ben Simmons with more confidence. He'll, he's like, oh, you're going to let me shoot it? I'll shoot it. But then he shoots it, and it looks so bad. It's so bad, dude. It's one of the ugliest things. And then I'm like, no, don't shoot it. That's horrible. And it's like the other way around, I want Ben Simmons to shoot it because I think he can. If it looked like that, I'd be screaming, don't shoot it. You know. So it's like totally opposite. He shouldn't be shooting it at all. And the defenses do the same thing they do to Ben Simmons to him, but he shoots it. And it doesn't change anything. They still don't guard him because it looks so bad. And he'll shoot it four feet to the right and brick it off the backboard. And uh, the, the the overtime game that they won against us, where he sat on the court, he hit a big fadeaway, and then he hit a three in overtime. And I just think that was like an anomaly. I don't think this guy's a threat to shoot the ball at no. all. No, he's not. And and that's kind of, again, that's kind of the formula to take him down. Um, shout out to With God coming with a ten dollar donation. We appreciate it. Says. What you guys are leaving out is the fact that literally your whole starting five and maybe our 10-man playoff rotation all have at least two years of playoff experience. I mean, yeah, some of these other teams have a good amount of guys with experience too, but you are right. Like That's why Danny Green is huge. Now, I hope he's not going to turn into the guy that got memed on the internet last year. Like He's got to hit his shots. George Hill, I think, is a great veteran, but it's a good point. Hit the biggest shot of the year for him. Yeah. If you think about it. For the Lakers, yeah. so you know he struggled and still came up big in, in a big moment. So I'll take I'll take that. Uh, but yeah, I mean we we have a starting experience. We've been through it a little bit, but you know a lot of people do. 
Yeah, exactly. I think experience and, and then again, just staying healthy. Like I'm praying that no injuries happen. Um, if we stay healthy, like I really don't, I just think it's a different year. Like even out West, like I don't see a team that's like solidified right now. Like you have the Lakers who are going to be in the play playing game. Like they could lose two and be out and not even make the playoffs. I don't uh, know, I, man. I, I think if LeBron James is healthy, that's there's no chance of that happening. I think even at this stage of his career, he's just he'll go out there, and you know he averages twenty five and eight and eight or whatever, but he'll go out there and drop forty one a game if he has to. He's just that kind of guy to me. I don't think the Lakers are going to lose in a playing tournament, but it is funny yeah. that they're in that situation because they're going to have to try their hearts out in the first, not even the first round in the play in tournament to get to the first round, and that that can wear you out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to lose either, but it's just like I look at the Suns, the Jazz, like the Sixers can go in a series with any of these teams and go down to the wire. The Clippers, like, I don't know. I think we have a, as good a shot as anybody. But again, it comes down to what we do. It comes down to if we perform to our maximum capability. But um, definitely good points of emphasis here. Um, what, Let me ask you guys this, and this will probably be our last question, but and then we'll read some of the chat, but we talked about this on Tom's stream the other time. I, I like, as we continue the season, we change our opinions, right? We get new, like, we get new insight. We see how things are progressing. And again, this has been a different season. But like, at this point, I'm almost thinking like, if we don't get to the championship, like if we don't come out and perform to our maximum potential, like, I'm going to view it as a colossal failure. You know what I mean? If, if we don't take the Eastern Conference final seven games, at least, if we don't, if there's a chance to, to win these games and we're just not putting out the effort, right, or something like that, I'm going to view it as a failure where at the beginning of the season I said, all right, I think we'll be the four or three seed. I think we'll win a couple series, change the culture. I'm really looking at it now like, damn, we have a chance. We have a chance. What do, what do you guys think? Are you going to be satisfied if we go out in the third round? Or is it like Daryl Morey said, championship or bust? You want, you want me to go with this one? <laughs> I want to hear from both of you, man, because we I remember what you guys said last time. And I, I come on, like I, I can't be on an island here. Like, as we progress through the season, every little circumstance, like Joel Embiid had an injury. He could have been gone for the season, right? He finds his way back. We could have had two of our guys go out with the you know virus. They could have been out for some time, and now we're coming back struggling. No, we're on an eight-game win streak, even though it is against bad teams, but we're I just we've had that chemistry that not a lot of teams have. And when you look at the Bucks, the Nets, like you're telling me we don't have a shot against these teams. You're telling me if we get to the finals, we play the Suns or the Jazz. We don't have a shot. I don't know, man. No, I mean, they have they absolutely do. I mean, I had them winning the East or the preseason nonsense that we all love to do. So, you know, coming out, coming out number one in the Eastern Conference and having that one seat. So they've lived up to those expectations so far. I, to me, I just wanted them to get to an Eastern Conference final, and then I felt like I was playing with with house money at least because they haven't been the one. Um, but did the expectation change a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to go to an NBA Finals. I mean, I'm going to hold guys accountable if they don't. But I, I'm still going to be like understanding of the steps and 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 one you took this year. And I'm not saying I'm going to be happy or or running down broad because of it. But I think once. I think it's harder to come out of the East than it is to win the finals. So, like, it's weird. Like, I think it's harder to beat one of them two teams than it is for me to beat the Suns or, or, to, or to beat the Jazz or whoever else you want to throw at me over in the West. I think those two teams are harder and tougher. 
Let me ask you this as a follow-up. If we don't come out of the East, do you think the roster is the same going into the next season, though? Wait, who, two five? Just anybody. I'm not I'm not targeting. I'm just asking because I'm again, I, f- I feel we have the talent to do it. Like, and I He's feel gone. again, we did not expect Joel to be on this level. Like he is on a generational level. And that's why I'm feeling like, damn, like this might this might be a, a failure, like a, a complete failure. Like, and Daryl Morey doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to just say, All right, well, we'll see next year. He's, He's not say, Owen Brand. Did he say did he say championship robust? Yeah, he, he did. It. Yep. He yeah, good. yeah, seriously. And he at said first, that. I, I took it as a, a joke. When did he say this? He said it earlier this season. Oh, earlier this season. Okay. I, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. I wonder if he just said it recently. I'm like, wow. You really want to come out with that right now? I mean, no, yeah. you know, not a good time for it. But early in the year, oh, I love that. I mean, I, I, I love them expectations, and I love that he said that. I really, I really do. I mean, that's a great statement, and the team's playing like that. You're right, though. You, you're 100% right. The way Joel's playing, you should be cutting nets down. I don't disagree with you. You have a, you have a, a, a veteran head coach who's won a championship before. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, as much as I'm, I'm – like I said, I'm not going to be happy with, the, with an L before that, but they should. They should be able to win it all. You know what's crazy though, Tom? Like this has been a bittersweet type of season because while yeah, Joel has he has transcended to this insane level, the couple injuries, right, have been the biggest scares of the season. And I'm also starting to realize, like, damn, like you can't really take any of these seasons for granted. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of history there. I'm I'm just gonna put it out there. Like, I don't want to waste it. I don't like I feel like we have this is the time. I that's how that's how I feel. I think this is going to be the next four or five years. Every single year, if they don't make the, the NBA Finals, you're going to see a roster turnover. I think he. I think that is going to be try something different around Joel Embiid every single time until you get it right. And I definitely think this first this first Daryl Morey season is make or break for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together. Because if it doesn't happen, Daryl Morey already tried to trade him. I just don't think Daryl really cares that much about. I think he's probably sitting back like, oh, these guys love this Ben Simmons guy. Yeah, great defender, pass the ball, whatever. I need stars. I need a Kyle Lowry up top, or I need a James Harden up top, or I need a I need something that's going to complement Joel Embiid better than this. And I think he's just sitting back like, if he gets it done this year, then we'll look at it in a different way. If they don't get it done, then I, then I have the excuse to get rid of this guy, and he already tried to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. To that, I mean, I, I completely agree. I, if they don't get over the hump, even though I think them two play great together and they win a ton of games together, so I wouldn't be trying to break them two up yet. But I can absolutely see him breaking them two up. And if he doesn't break them two up, something's going, and that might be yeah. that might be the bias. That might be other moves. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I agree with DJ. You're gonna it definitely be a shakeup. You're you're definitely on to something because Tobias. I mean, he's our second option. You know what I mean? And he's he's a max player. But is a max player 20 points a game to compliment Joel? It's been good for our system. It's been good for our team, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. Joel, I don't think Joel will ever will ever have the perfect player that compliments him. Like the perfect scenario to me is like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum at the one and the two and Joel Embiid in the middle. Like I don't think there will ever be the player that's that perfectly fits what you would love to have on the floor to maximize the space and all that kind of stuff. Because Tobias is a big time. Most of his points come into paint also, and he can shoot the three, but he gets a lot of mismatches and the the, the post turnaround jumper and stuff. And it, it's just you got to be strategic in using the paint, and then Ben only scores at the rim, and you got to, you know, so it's not the perfect scenario, but I still think they can get 
uh, I, I still think they can win a championship, even though it's not the perfect fit, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it is in a weird way, right? I'm just going to like this devil's advocate. No, go ahead. Like, yeah, they're downhill guys, Tobias and Ben. But when you add, if you have the ability to add two shooters like you do with Danny and Seth, that really opens it up for them guys. But I'll say why this is the perfect fit for Joel is his point guard isn't a volume shooter. So in reality, it's run the offense through him. If I had, say, Dame or any of those types of guards that are snipers, right? Does the offense run through Joel? Probably not. Probably not just because of the type of guards they are. So, you know, they're they're one-on-one guys. You know, that's just the style they are. Now, well, it's not going to hurt them, but is he averaging is he averaging 30 and 9? I don't think so. Like, I don't I don't think he is because I think they're going to take away X amount of shots just from him. So I actually think this is the best comment because the guys that you surround him that are shooters aren't necessarily volume guys. Like, Danny doesn't need the ball in his hands per se the, the score to give you nine and hit three threes, right? Like Seth doesn't necessarily need the, the jack a ton of shots. So I think it's like an advantage that none of these guys really need to jack around him and it can run through him in a weird way. I know that might be weird, but. Nah, I definitely see what you're saying, but I'm also thinking about like a Jamal Murray type player. You know what I mean? Like Jamal doesn't take everything away from Jokic. Jokic is still the main man, but Jamal still gets his buckets. You know what I mean? Like he's still. Um, one of the integral parts of the team, but then they have an MPJ. They have other like role players, like you said, like, um, well, they used to have Gary Harris and Will Barton and, and players like that. So I don't know. I, I think it's just crazy to think about because of Joel, like what Joel is capable of. Um, yeah. And, and also is, is Joel's, I mean, is Joel scoring 30 a game necessary? Like it, if he can, if somebody else could score and carry the load for a quarter or two, and then he's in the fourth quarter and he's fresher than he is right now after dragging the team scoring 39 by the time he gets there maybe he's more dominant um but i I think it would have to be a point guard that's okay with not being the number one how many centers are the number one option on a team and it is a weird dynamic to run your whole team through a center but a lot of people said in the years past that this will never work we don't run you don't run your offense through a center but we haven't seen a center this damn good in how long yes you do when it's joel Embiid, yes you do so it'd have to be guards that understand he's the main guy um, James Harden, as much as I can't stand the way that he plays the game, when there's, I guess when he's the main focus, when he's driving the lane every play, throwing his arms up, just baiting officials the whole game. But when I saw him play with Kyrie and Durant, I just really love the fact that he'll sit back and get 15 assists. He doesn't care. And he, I, I like as the season goes on, I think he would have been just a perfect fit with Joel Embiid. But also, the defense isn't there on the other end. So it's tough for me. I'm always torn on Ben Simmons because I love his defense. I love what he does. I love what he creates, but he just pisses me off at the same time. And I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough conversation to have. Um, <laughs> shout, shout out to Kavon coming with a $2 donation. Sixers will represent the East. Nets are a joke. Uh, don't know if they're a joke, but um, I, I think we have a shot, man. I, I think we have a shot. And Kavon coming against his Embiid needs his Kobe and so does Giannis. Mm. Shaq had Kobe. Shaq had Dwayne Wade. Mm. All his rings. All his rings. I'm pretty much. I'm pretty sure are with Kobe and Dwayne Wade, right? Yeah. At the same time, Shaq couldn't hit a, a step back J. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think he needs that. I mean, he he's the great player. Yeah. He's the generational guy. So he's going to make guys around him better, which he already has. Um, 
So, no, I, I almost have the Jordan effect on it where mm-hmm. it's like you don't necessarily need another star. Scotty's not a top 50 player of all time if he doesn't play with Mike. You know what I mean? Scotty's a great defender and knew his role, and that's what made Mike great mm-hmm. and helped them win championships. That team knew where, where, that, where that ball was going to in crunch time. It's exactly what these guys do. I mean, you'll see Danny get the ball, and he's looking right into the post for Joel. He's not looking to create his own shot right there. He's looking to get the ball right in the post because he's a veteran, and he has a feel for life in the game. Like, hey, I mean, let me get the ball to this guy. I mean, he shoots freaking 60% from the field. It's, it's, it's a game changer. Nobody does that outside of Durant. And, and Durant is an anomaly. Like, nobody shoots at this kind of percentage. It's ridiculous. And this is why I love the guy. And I freaking love him from day one. And because I just believe a big man like this, like you said, RB, like he can stretch it. So it's, it's he's a different dynamic than any big man you'll ever see. Like, he can do a three for a win on you. And it's like, no big man does that. And, and Joker's similar to that, but he's not as dominant in the post, right? Yeah. He's got great moves and stuff, but he's not going to, like, impose his will, per se. Like this guy. No. This guy takes your lunch money. Yeah. And, and I love it. I'm excited. He's the dog. He's the alpha. That's why I'll continue to yell. Like, if, if Joe's healthy, this team's going to an Eastern Conference Finals. That's what I'm saying before the year. And now I believe, to the question earlier, if he's healthy, they're going to the NBA Finals. They're going. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I Like, it, it's just, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a season like this where literally there's fans on the both sides. I know this is Philly, right? So there's always fans on the both sides of everything. But, like, you literally have people right now saying this Sixers team doesn't have a shot, you know, because of guys like Ben. And then you have people saying, like, they are destined for the finals. Everything is, like, so – it's just so back and forth. My thing on it is just we got to wait till the playoffs, man. Like, it's just we haven't got a good, good test. Like, there's a lot of in the – you know, in the unknown. But I, 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 don't, I don't know how you I, I always say they need this this guy to do this and they need the bench to play like this. And like I, people that say they don't have a shot are just right. literally aren't watching the game. There's right. I think there's honestly people that want to give their opinion so bad, but don't actually watch the NBA. And they just look at the <laughs> stats. They watch the three seconds on, on SportsCenter where they see Durant hitting fadeaway jumpers. And they're like, oh, we're done. The Nets are killing everybody. They don't actually watch the game. Yeah, and they uh they go off of past like just past history is solidified no matter what you know what I mean. But every season is different, man. That's how I feel. I can make a case Miami's better than the Nets. I mean, not right now. It doesn't look like that, but I could. Like, a healthy Miami team is going yeah. to give them a dog fight too. They might go seven. They, they I'm, could. I'm trying to tell you guys, I don't really trust any team right now, and I. The Sixers have played together all season. Like they, they had that that coalition, man. I, that's just how I feel. And like you said, you got to watch the games. You got to watch every night to see. Like we're just yeah. that's the thing from last year. You know what I mean? Like we're in sync. We're in sync so much more. It's not Tobias Harris ISO ISO top of the top of the arc. Joel deciding if he wants to go down low, right? Our shooters yeah. deciding if they want to show up. Al Horford getting his ass off the court like no it's not like that anymore it's like everybody knows their role and i i think that's a good point and and balance has a lot to do with success and chemistry and knowing who the number one guy is has a lot to do with success and and back to when tom brought up the bulls you knew who number one was you knew who number two was there was no question about it just watching nets games i see Kyrie and durant fighting over shots i literally see that i see that in the fourth quarter i don't know who's gonna have the ball and it's just iso here 
ISO there, and Kyrie's not passing it when it's when it's in the fourth quarter, and Durant's not passing it, and it just doesn't look like a winning formula to me. And we have a solidified number one, and we know that the guys around him just have to play their role. I think that's more important than, or that's more valuable than having three number ones because you got to be able to decide. Yeah. And I even agree. LeBron, even LeBron down in Miami. They lost the first year, and then Dwayne Wade said, yo, you know what? LeBron's at his peak. He's the number one. I'm going to be the number two, and I'm going to sit back and have more assists and take less shots. I don't think the Nets have a guy. I mean, Harden's fine doing that, but Durant and, and Durant and Kyrie I see imploding. I see them fighting on the sideline in the playoffs, and I can't wait for it to happen. I really can't. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with you. And the thing the thing is, is like with everything, it's not a big man. To, to the Joel side of it, it's like everybody else. They're not. They're not big men. So it's like, you know, to run your offense through this guy or that guy. And like last year, you know, he was the best shooter on the team. So of course he's gonna play more freaking than the perimeter. No, he could shoot. He was like one of the worst shooting teams I've ever seen last year. He was probably your best three point shooter. And the offense was trash. And I think like having guys know their roles is so much, so much more important than a bunch of stars that that don't know their roles or. Like you said, a bunch of ISO ball. Like, okay, that looks all great yeah. on on Sports Center, but that's not a recipe to winning. Recipe to winning is ball movement, being unselfish, making the extra pass. And I think we're way more suited for that than than the Nets are. Um, I think the closest to that is to us is Milwaukee, and I would even say Miami's a very unselfish team for the most part too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you got a great coach. Yeah, I'll give someone a, in the chat a. a a homework, you know what I mean? Like, go find me a team that has won the championship that has had their core play seven games together. Like, I think I just they're, they're, this team's going to show up and be automatically ready and in sync, right? Uh, a big three, seven games together. Like, I just don't see that being real life right now. Like, it, it's going to take a couple series to really get themselves going. Like, is forever one a Nets fan? Forever one in the chat, is he a Nets fan? His last comment, can you click on that put that up there? They're friends. They joined each other. Why would they fight? Did this guy watch the Warriors with Durant? Did you see anything that happened in those finals? Did you The, the reason Durant's not there is because he couldn't get along with Draymond Green. He joined a team that was already the best regular season of all time, and he couldn't get along with the, the, the emotional leader who was Draymond Green. He didn't even fit in, and he literally said – this is why I'm leaving. In that fight when DeMarcus Cousins is holding him back or whatever, he said, this is why I'm getting out of here. This is why I'm getting out of here. So what do you mean they're friends and they join each other? Why would they fight? I don't know, but he's already done it. <laughs> I agree. Um, with God, with the $10 donation, says the dumbest thing the Sixers would do is trade Simmons. They're not that stupid. If they're going to move anyone, it'll be Tobias. Sixers have assets to get another star better than Tobias. I mean – I don't think you're wrong. I think they have a chance. Like, I, I think there's other players out there that could also fit, but I don't know. It, it depends how the playoffs goes, you know? That's a good point. Maybe, you know, you never know if if somebody that's more of a perimeter guard fits better with Simmons and Embiid than Tobias fits with Simmons and Embiid. So who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. Um, I think, it again, it depends on who shows up in the playoffs, in my opinion, how things roll. Um, Kavan says, yes, Tom, yes, we are better than the Nets. <laughs> I love Tom's energy, man. I hope it come, I hope it's true. <laughs> but, yeah, man, shout out. We still got over 300 in the chat, guys. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Sub to all three channels, man. Philly Take with RB. Run it back, Philly. A2D Radio. 
to uh, to get some of the most consistent content. We'll end it off. Uh, I'll ask these guys, you know, four games left. Four games. We got to sit through this, what I call it a slop. Every game I'm just sitting here, I'm like, oh, we got to play again. Now, I'm actually a little more excited now to clinch the number one seed, and I do think that will happen. But, you know, what do you, what do you guys – you know the last four games here, and and then we get what a week off, and then, bang, we're ready to go. Like, how are you guys feeling overall right now? What is your mindset? Get through these games, stay healthy, and you know, get ready. Yeah, I think that's what we've been doing—just getting through these games and trying to stay healthy. And then you know, like we've said, the bench blows the lead, the starters have to come back in, and they get it done. At least we haven't lost one of these games to somebody we shouldn't be losing to. So. I'm feeling good about it. I, I can't really assess the team over these last 10 games of playing nobody. I have to look back at what they did against the healthy Lakers. I have to look back at what they did against the Knicks and the Bucks, and and assume what I'm going to see in the playoffs. And I don't think these couple of last games are even what we're going to see in the playoffs. So I, I'm feeling great about it as long as everybody plays their role and supports Joel Embiid scoring uh, 49 points a game against the Nets. What is this? Real quick about the, the this down here. What, what this is uh, this is the the ruler of Simmons Kingdom. Um, yeah, he's always in here. He has a Ben Simmons cape on, and he has his poster on the wall behind him. And uh, he's he probably has season tickets just to watch Ben Simmons as closely as possible, as many times as he can. He's just the biggest Ben Simmons fan of all time, and you can't say anything negative. I, about I've him. stopped responding to this. I've stopped responding because I realized that like. He's so acclimated. He's so just just in favor that there is no – there's just no point anymore. You know what I mean? I'll listen to my podcast, and he'll be like, oh, five minutes. Oh, of course, there's Ben Simmons slander. Here it goes. And Why I'm like, are you Bro. talking about Ben Simmons? Why? Because he's a star on a team, buddy. Come on, man. I'm not here. It's, I'll slander. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about shooting a basketball and not even three-pointer. We're just talking about what every basketball player does, did since they – put a basketball in their hands. So I, I don't know how that's slander. I mean, it's common sense. Just common sense. Makes your whole life easier if you just, yeah, a little 15-footer, a little 10-footer, show you have it. Just don't need to do it 20 times a game. Just show me you have it. Show the world you have it. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know how that's slander. It's like the biggest common sense thing you could say, and it becomes slander. Like, you don't like a guy, and you want him going. Like, no. Nobody's nobody running out of town. Just asking you. That's it. Little little hand in the cookie jar. Larry Bird drill yeah. one time. I mean, wake up. Facts. Ah. You want you want to go have a Ben Simmons cheer party? There's another Sixers YouTuber. Um, go 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 to his channel. I don't get yeah. it. Like, what am I supposed? When they go to overtime with the Spurs without four of their starters, and Ben has three points in an entire basketball game. What am I supposed to say? I used to watch the 2001 Sixers. Eric Snow scored more points than that. <laughs> We're looking at a 6'10, 240 pound powerhouse who scored three points in the whole game. How am I supposed to say things positive after that game? What am I supposed to say? Don't say anything bad about Ben Simmons. You act like he's a depressed child in high school and you don't want him to. I'm not even going to say. You just, uh, he's a 24 year old grown up. He's not a 12 year old. There is no winning when it comes to people like that. That just is what it is. Um, Lucian with the $2 donation says, who needs to be the best player off the bench in the playoffs? What do you guys think? 
I'm going to say George Hill, to be honest. I just think he's got too much of a role. He's got to run the team, you know? It's going to need to be. Uh, I would say Dwight, but I, I don't think he's going to get as much, you know, a lot of minutes. I think Joel's going to be playing a lot of minutes. So we, we thought it was supposed to be shaking. He's just not looking like it is. And uh, I don't know who the scoring guard is off the bench. I thought it was shake. Then at the beginning of the season, I thought it was Maxi. Then Maxi went months without any minutes. And now he's back to scoring points. And it's like, is he even going to play Maxi in the playoffs? Oh, man. I think if Shake has playoff minutes, he has to be that 15-point-per-game player that he was in the beginning of the season. Yeah, or Furkan. Yeah, good point. Kavant says, as a Miami Heat fan, I hope you guys win the East. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Shout out to you, man. I guess he doesn't have a lot of confidence in, he, uh, in his Miami? team. Yeah, I guess so. Um there was one comment I just saw. Um, where was it at? This first, this one's for DJ while I try to find the other one. Um. <laughs> Dude on the bottom, Kyrie. All right, it's, it's run it back Philly, by the way. At least call me DJ, DJ Eastwood, something like that. I mean, you know, I don't know. 10,000 people on YouTube know who I am, and you seem to jump in a chat and not even know my damn name. Dude on the bottom. I'm going to change my YouTube channel to Dude on the Bottom. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to make my Twitter handle Dude on the Bottom. Drop 37 on you guys. Do you expect to guard them all? And I know Joel will dominate, but the doubles will be coming, and Ben will be averaging five points. Yeah, I said this a million times. Kyrie dropped 37 on us, and they were on ridiculous shots, and he had a lights-out game. He played ridiculous, and I say it all the time. This is how I'm not a hater. I'm just I'm, – I'm just – I'm just uh, – uh, critical of players in certain situations and i analyze things the way that i see it Kyrie is literally one of the best ball handlers and finishers around the basket that i've ever seen and there's a lot of debates that people like to bring up about Allen iverson versus Kyrie, and i love Allen iverson and even Allen iverson said Kyrie irving's a better ball handler than him and a better finisher around the room he's one of the best finishers i've ever seen but if you really watch the games and i expect that you do because you're a nets fan there's so many fourth quarters where this guy shoots you out of games. He takes really bad shots with 18 seconds left on a shot clock because he's tired of Kevin Durant scoring points. He actually can't handle not being the number one guy. I call him Cancer Kyrie for a reason. You're going to see it again. Yeah. I'm not. He, he's not averaging 37. <laughs> We're just going to have to see what happens in the playoffs, man. Um, this dude says you should just title every podcast Ben Simmons talk. Yeah, and you should title your YouTube channel something other than my name. Uh, it's pretty weird, bro. Um, I mean, if we were if we were Bulls content creators in '96, would we be who would we be talking about? We'd be talking about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman. And there'd be people in the chat like, "Why do you always talk about Dennis Rodman? Because he's one of the top three players on the damn team that we're covering." What are you talking about? Who am I supposed to talk about? Oh man, it's you great. And then, Jake, you want to talk about Shake for? For an hour? Is that, what, is that what people want? The Shake Milton, Shake Milton podcast? Apparently. Uh, That's why I've gotten to the point where I just hit mute on some of the comments because it just makes me so mad, and it's just totally pointless. Uh, who are these people and why? I just. It's sad, man. And then this is the last comment I'll put up from Ben's Kingdom fanboy. Um, just want you to know, bro, we we don't vilify him because he's not a volume scorer. It, it's, it's more about the mindset. It's the aggression. It, it's what makes the entire team better, man. That's it. 
Um, he said, talk about Embiid or break down the game or something. I literally talk about Embiid and break down the game every single episode. Just listen to, give me 20 minutes of your time for one day, and you wouldn't be commenting this. You jump in a chat, and you say things. With, you listen to the last maybe two minutes of what we were talking about. Yeah. And shout out to With God with the $4 donation. Kyrie dropped 37, was a minus 12. They were down 20. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. And then we hold up. We got another one coming in. Two is with a three dollar donation. You have to talk about all time Sixers great Mike Scott. <laughs> that thing is, we have. Oh man, <laughs> that's the sad part of it. Probably we've talked about Mike Scott more than we would like to. So, yeah. what happens when you when you cover the Sixers? You're going to talk about everybody. You're going to talk yeah. about the stars more than the bench guys. It's freaking common sense. Last time I checked, we're talking. We talk about. The, the three max players on this basketball team. That's who we talked about the most. And yeah. rightfully so. That's how money works. That's how pro sports work, honey. That everybody out there. Okay? That's how this game works. Right? Yeah. Everybody wants to be like them and have their cars and have their money and have their houses. Well, guess what? What comes with that also is, right? Scrutiny. Criticism. Right? Pats on the ass at times. Excitement. Love affairs. All come with weird. it. They yeah, hate I mean, they they just hate they just, they just love this guy so much they hate when anybody says anything negative about him. It's just the weirdest thing ever. And uh Tom, you're not from this era either. I'm not from this era where uh, when I was growing up we didn't have Twitter. Every every dumbass didn't have an opinion on the internet. People people on the radio and people that analyze the game and you could give your dumb opinion to your friends at the bar or something like that, but now everybody gets to hear your opinion and it's just like some of these people just shouldn't be saying things. At the end of the day, man, like I, I've been saying a whole year, like we just want to win. Like we see – like if this team was a 40-win team on a regular season, like we wouldn't care as much. But we see the opportunity. We see the chance to take everything this year. Like it's there, man. Um, But with that being said, shout out to these guys. Still 280 up in here, man. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Almost been going on for an hour and a half, which is crazy. I appreciate these dudes a lot because they keep it real. The energy's great. And um, I'm excited for the playoffs, guys. So any any last stuff from you guys? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Glad to talk Sixers. I've been struggling with some content lately, uh, struggling to even care about, you know, playing the Houston Rockets and the Bulls without their all-stars. And, the you know, so good to get on here with you guys and chop it up. Um, Forever One, he said, I hope you didn't get mad, DJ. I was just debating. No, man, that's all, you know, I can I can literally angrily disagree with an opinion that you have. That doesn't make that's not a personal thing at all. Like, you know, I mean, I have friends that I literally have screaming matches with and my girlfriend's like, "Why are you screaming? We're in a we're in a public place." And I'm like, "You know, we argue and and all these things. It's never personal. It's the people like this dude named Philly RB right here that starts saying you're a nobody, nobody knows you and shit like that. Like, why can't you have a disagreement and a different sports opinion and even get mad at something I say? I might get mad at something you say. Why do you hate me for it? I don't hate you for it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it either. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. It's a ton of fun. Like I said I'll jump every chance I have to talk Sixers with you guys. And uh, the other, the last closing thoughts is you can be critical of a guy and not hate him and not want to run him out of town. And you can have that both ways. So well, that's being objective. That's not having an agenda, right? And I don't know. I think that's refreshing. So, but what the hell do I know? <laughs> Hey, I Sixers agree. have a great chance, and we should all be happy. Sixers have a great chance. I mean, 
the, the last couple of games, I've been making podcast episodes just trying to come up with things to talk about. And so me analyzing, you know, Ben Simmons having eight points in a game, I hope he's not going to do that in the playoffs. But in the grand scheme of things, yeah, we have the best chance right now that we've had in a long time. So we should all be happy going towards the playoffs for sure. Yeah, definitely. And think I was thinking about the other day where we were at last August and then, you know, just everything burning down. Um, and I think where we where we are now in one year is it's pretty crazy. Not even a year. Um, wild, man. But shout out to these guys. We are probably going to be doing a roundtable as well uh, next week, you know, in that gap before the playoffs. Uh, that's when the content is really going to ramp up again. So you guys will see all of our faces again. Appreciate everybody in the chat, both streams. Again, sub up Tom as well, A2D Radio. Um, and with that being said, you guys have a great night, and we'll catch you on the next one, man. Peace.